Oh, and here we go. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. I decided to do another episode of the newly made podcast. I figured a seven-minute long podcast video wasn't enough, so I figured I'd make one more for today just to give people another one. So this one is actually going to be a pretty interesting one today since I'm a Canadian and since I love the game of hockey, I figured I would go over and tell everybody who I think are my top five greatest NHL players of all time. Now, I'm not going by position or anything like that. Basically, actually, I'm going to might as well just say top six or top, not top ten, five players, five goalies maybe. But for now, we'll just stick with top five. So in the spirit of hockey, there's a lot of good hockey going on tonight. A lot of people believe the grade eight himself, the big Russian Alexander Ovechkin, might break Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record at 894 goals. He's currently past 700 right now. He might have a chance to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, if he does it, that'll be cool. But, yeah. So... Also, too, anyone who might be watching this as well, feel free to also, uh... What the? Okay. Wow, what what's going on with my audio? That's weird. I might have to edit that out. But yeah, so obviously, at the number one spot, uh, this is probably going to... Well, actually, no, I think this is actually a pretty good number one spot. Um, Unfortunately, I never got to see the guy play myself, but from stories I've heard and from people I've talked to, they've told me what their opinion on the whole thing is, and at my number one spot, I have uh, Mr. Hockey himself, the greatest ever, Gordie Howe. At the number one spot. Greatest player, all around player, I would be fair to say. Play all the positions at a most dominant record. But here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I think it. Not only was he one of the craziest athletes on the face of the earth, but it was his presence on the ice is what made his impact and what made his name so great. You know. Because when we look back at the era that he played in from 1946 up until his first retirement in, what was it, 71 with the Detroit Red Rings before he went, this is why I think he's the greatest player, hockey player of all time. This guy spends 25 years, 25 years playing for one franchise, the Detroit Red Wings, which is, you guessed it, my favorite franchise. I, I take this franchise over it. Any franchise, any day of the week, right? You know, the guy's a four-time Stanley Cup champion, a six-time Hart winner, six-time Art Ross winner, 21-time All-Star, which I think is the most All-Star appearances in NHL history, right? And the thing, and, and this is the crazy thing about him. This was the crazy thing about him. He played in a lot tougher era, right? The era he played in, right, hockey, was a little more like a blood sport in a way, right? There were players where they wore less padding, no helmets at all, right? And it was just a tough era at the time, right? And what I admire so much about the guy was not only from how much of a 
of a good person he was and how he influenced people, but it was also his presence on the ice that <laughs> convinced me that he's the greatest player of all time. And I think it was his third season in the NHL. He attempts to land a check, right, but he miscalculates. And he smashes his head against the boards, cracks his head open, and basically is told that he's never going to play hockey again. But what does this guy do? What does this guy do? They tell him he's not going to play hockey again, and he comes back and plays like nothing ever happened. I believe the year he came back, they won the Stanley Cup. He also won MVP and a scoring title, which I've... I don't think any player in NHL history, or at least as many, was able to do something like that, right? And then, and then after all the great players that he played with as well, like the terrible Ted Lindsay and uh, Sid Abel, right? And then also Terry Sawchuk in that, right? Like all the good, all the like the production line was a no joke thing, man. Like it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And the highlights that I've watched and like the full games I've managed to find and watch, it's unbelievable what these guys were able to do, right? And mind you, though, Gordy Howe also did something that a lot of NHL players, I believe, or at least some of them (laughs) didn't do, and that was literally jock around with like what many considered to be the best player in the game at that time, which was the Montreal Canadiens' most iconic player, uh, Maurice Richard. You know, just the way that they went head-to-head against each other every night that they played. Like, it was unreal. It was absolutely unreal. Then after his 25 years up, he then returns to hockey to play in the World Hockey Association with his sons, by the way, which... Have you ever heard of a father-son tandem in any sport that not only was dominant, but also won championships? Very rare. Very rare. This, very rare. Very rare indeed. Like, his sons Mark and Marty played with him, I believe, for the Houston Arrows. In the World Hockey Association when uh, it was still a a league at the time. You know, he comes back, has a couple hundred point seasons, wins MVP, and then wins two consecutive world titles. In his 40s. In his 40s. Like Like what NHL player has, or hockey player in general, had did shit like that? (laughs) Very rare. Very rare. Right. And then I also can't forget, he was also a member with the Hartford Whalers, with also Bobby Hall on that lineup as well in 1980. Right, and it was just, it was unreal. It was unreal. So because of those reasons, he's at my number one spot. My number two spot, I'm going to go with um, uh, the good old uh, Mario Lemieux. The greatest... NHL player in Pittsburgh Penguins franchise's history and arguably could have been the greatest player of all time if he didn't have all those injuries and personal health issues that set his career back. Like, not only, but 
was he just one of the most fluent guys ever, but it was just his toughness, his speed, his game, his momentum. Like, Mario, Mario Lemieux was no joke in the NHL at the time. No joke at all. You know, no joke. No joke, man. <laughs> like, it was just crazy. Like, it was fucking crazy. Watching his games on YouTube and shit. Like, I just, I was blown away. I was blown away, right? And I think it's pretty funny, you know, like, Wayne Gretzky's number is 99, and then his number is uh, 66, Right, so it was almost like a parallel. It was almost like Mario Lemieux was a parallel universe version of Wayne Gretzky, almost, which is pretty amazing. Right. No, no, but like the guy was also like a multiple-time MVP, multiple-time scoring champion. He had more than I believe, like almost more than like ten seasons where he averaged like almost a hundred points. And then also, too, like, he was one point away from cracking the 200-point mark, which would have made him the second and only player in NHL history to reach that feat, to have 200 points in a single season. <laughs> like, right? And then, of course, of course, right, when um, when the early 90s came around, Paul Coffey, Brian Chachier, right, and a couple of other all-time Hall of Famers, some of the greatest players to ever lace on a pair of skates, Mario Lemieux finally gets a super team. Right, which they win two consecutive Stanley Cups, which he becomes a two-time Conn Smythe winner. Right, and just his, it, what defined his greatness was like not only who he was on the ice, but who he was off the ice. What he did for the city of Pittsburgh. His Pittsburgh Penguins was a pretty dead city at that time like in in terms of its franchise in hockey you know they hadn't really had an all-star level caliber player of Lemieux's criteria or the criteria that he fit for the city I meant like it was his impact on the city right and what he did for the city of Pittsburgh right he lifted a franchise and brought a franchise back to life. And now guys like Sidney Crosby and <laughs> McGinney Melkin and Mark andre Fleury and f- other future Hall of Famers are now on, or Mark andre was on Pittsburgh. But because of that, Pittsburgh was able to land players like that and put their franchise on the market for success, right? So that, in my opinion, is why he is number two on my top five list. Number three, obviously, a lot of people are probably going to be pissed off that I don't have him at number one, but I'll explain. Wayne Gretzky is number 99 himself, the great one. He is going to be at my number three spot. Well, actually, you know what? No. Not no. I'm actually going to put him at my number four spot. My number three spot is going to go to the great... Or another player who could have been the greatest player of all time. The good old-fashioned Bobby Orr. Like, who could forget that overtime game winner for the Stanley Cup? And he scores! Bobby Orr! Bobby Orr! (laughs) Just thinking about it gets me hyped up, you know? Like, that guy, he was, like, one of the most lethal defensemen ever to grace the ice. And just one of the all-time like fabulous players ever in nhl history like guys set the record for the most norris trophies at eight 
You know, he had, I believe, six consecutive seasons where he had more than 100 points a season, which is he's the only defenseman in NHL history to do that. You know, he revolutionized the defensive position. I got to give Brad Park a shout out too, because Brad Park was definitely up there in terms of uh, greatness by a defenseman. Like him and Bobby Orr were like, I think, neck and neck. It's just Bobby Orr was more of a kind of more of a scorer and he just knew how to spread the ice more. Brad Park, I, I, I got to give Brad Park a future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players ever as well. A shout out him and both him and Brad, uh, Brad. Bobby Hall and Brad, I meant not Bobby Hall, <laughs> Bobby Orr and uh, Brad Park were just phenomenal, phenomenal, right? And like his two, his two, his eight Norris trophies, his two Stanley Cup titles, you know, like MVPs, Bobby Orr did it all. But unfortunately, same thing, injuries uh, corroded his career. His career was lived short, unfortunately. But the fact that he achieved that much success in such short periods of time and and the, and how he's regarded as one of the greatest players ever in such a short period of time defines his greatness, but also defines who he was as a person as well and who he how, who and how he represented himself in the city of Boston. And then of course at the number four spot, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. A lot of people probably give me shit for this. They're like, what? Come on, man. Like, why is Wayne Gretzky at the number four spot? Okay. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Wayne Gretzky's not the only player that this has happened to. He just had the most success off of this. Wayne Gretzky was, in terms of a, of a complete hockey player, was just absolutely phenomenal. What he was able to do as a player... His puck handling, his his speed, his attitude on the ice, you know, how he played the game with such patience and he was just, his office is behind the net, right? And he was just such a phenomenal passer and, and let's just say there's a reason why he's the all-time leading goal scorer, the all-time leader in assists, and the all-time leader in points, with over 2,800 and something points, I believe. I forget the exact number, but I think it's up there. You know, the guy had four seasons where he had more than 200 points, right? He was getting like almost 100 plus assists, like 200 assists, I think, in one season. He also had 92 goals in one of his early uh, seasons with the Edmonton Oilers. You know, and it's just... Especially, and what defined his greatness was how he lifted the sport of hockey in terms of a, in, of the global scale, right? Because hockey, compared to like football and like especially like basketball at that time, Showtime Lakers and Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and those guys, right? You know, he, Wayne Gretzky was literally like the first box office must see. Like non-hockey fans knew who Wayne Gretzky was, which sh- which showed improves his impact on the game from a global scale but the reason why i don't have him at number one spot right is because he even admitted this himself he even admitted this himself he was drafted at the right time in the right era by the time his era came around hockey was still rough you know goons were still goons were still at their peak you know guys were just starting to wear helmets the game was fast-paced it was rough you know, it was probably the roughest it's ever been. 
Right, but unlike Gordy Howe and Bobby Orr and Mario Lemieux and those guys, right? You know, Wayne Gretzky was protected way too much on the ice. The reason why he was so good was because of the system that he was surrounded in with Edmonton, right? The reason why he was able to achieve such great feats and be that good was not only because of his dedication to the game and his hard work and his his athleticism and his um, and his mindset, but like when you have like over five Hall of Famers on your team that protected you all the time, like sometimes you know it's kind of hard to say that like he's the great. I think the, the way I can chalk it down to is I would say he was the greatest player of his era without a doubt. Right, but the Edmonton Oilers, right? They had goons to protect them. You had Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, Glenn Anderson. Then you had Grant Furinet, first black player and uh, one of the first uh, black players in the NHL, I believe, and one of the greatest players as well. Right, but it was just that lineup alone, right? All those Hall of Famers, each of them had over 100 points each as well as the years went on, right? So it was just like he was drafted for a team that was surrounded to his liking. So it allowed him to be that dominant and and allowed him to perform in such an enormous feat, right? And it was just like, like not saying he couldn't take a hit, but also defensively, he wasn't bad neither, but he never really needed to play defense because he had those Hall of Famers. And because he had that system around him, he had goons to protect him, he had guys like that to do the defense for him, right? Which made it easy for him to lead the offense and made him such a lethal scorer and passer, right? And on top of that, all those guys were already future Hall of Famers and all-time greats in terms of scoring and in the game as well, right? And one more point I'll make as to why. The Edmonton Oilers in 1990 won the cup without Gretzky with Mark Messier leading the team as captain, which to me shows that they never really needed him. Well, they needed him, obviously. They needed him because they wouldn't have been that dominant without him, but it just shows that that team was, he was, he was the best player on an already loaded team. Right, and it was just like that's why I have him at the fourth spot. And now at the fifth spot, I have to put a goalie. I have to put a goalie, and who I'm gonna go with, who I'm gonna go with, at least like going from like my personal perspective, from what I've seen. I'm going to have to go with, without a doubt, Martin, I know not Martin, uh, Patrick Waugh. Not only is he the first goalie and also the only player in NHL history to win the Smythe three times, but he won two cups for two different franchises. He perfected the butterfly technique. He was flamboyant and net, his personality, the way he lifted himself, the way he lifted the game, how he was in big moments. 
a clutch goalie and the thing is he was a tough goalie too because the 90s was a very tough era for um, goaltenders you know and just like he was just so phenomenal in net and like I like in 86 winning the cup with the Montreal Canadiens and then 1993 upsetting Wayne Gretzky and the Los Angeles Kings in the 93 finals before before he eventually went got before he eventually got out of Montreal to join Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and uh, Colorado where they eventually won Ray Bork Cup for himself too as well got to give a shout out to Ray Bork one of the, also one of the greatest defensemen ever and just like the, the like the games that I've watched and like what I've seen from him he like man like and the dirtiness too like like players play dirty with him too like but like he was not afraid to play dirty back right and that's what made Patrick Waugh so amazing like if you got near him and you were fucking with him he hit you he checked you he he didn't care you know like Patrick Waugh was just so in the game and his technique was almost considered to be flawless right and it was just like it was crazy like it was crazy watching him do what he was able to do right now i do got to give martin bro a lot of people are probably going to say that martin broder is the greatest uh goaltender in history which i don't blame you he's the all-time leader and uh most wins for a goalie martin broder had the butterfly technique down to perfection as well he was flamboyant you know he was amazing as well he was the best goalie after Patrick Waugh and also Dominic Hasek too I gotta give uh, Dominic Hasek some love as well because he's in the discussion for greatest goaltender as well but yeah just from my perspective it's just like Patrick Waugh was just just unreal and it was just like like what he was able to do was just like and how he rep like i said how he represented the game the impact he made for future goaltenders in the history of the game and it was just he opened the he opened up the gates he opened up for the gates for some of the greatest goaltenders of today's era you know and that's what defined his greatness right and the impact and the legacy he left behind in colorado and in most importantly montreal Right. And it was just I love hockey, man. I'm just, like I love hockey. Hockey is just hockey is just cool. Hockey is just cool. You know, I just <laughs> It's just cool, but yeah. So I just figured, you know, like um Yeah, that's my list right there. Uh it's not a bad list, I would say. I, mean, I think some people would agree with me. If not, no problem. Like I said, people are entitled to their own opinions, right? And it's not really, you know, a big thing to get hot and steamy over. But, no, like I said, it's just this whole podcast is, you know, it's just for fun, right? It's just for fun. It's just for people to relax. You know, it's just for whatever, right? But, yeah. But unfortunately, we are out of time here, and I'm going to have to end the podcast at 23 minutes and 40 seconds. I hope everybody enjoyed this, and uh, have a good night. And uh, no matter what, stay beautiful.
Good night, everybody.